peoples of the worldwide federated internet what's good Testament, the more I realize that the holiness and the completeness of God is really and truly beyond all human comprehension, in my humble opinion. So the book of Exodus chapter 15 and verse 1, let's get into this. Uh, then sang Moses and the children of Israel this song unto the Lord and spake saying I will sing unto the Lord for he hath triumphed gloriously the horse and his rider hath he thrown into the sea side note if you have never listened to Alexander Scorby's dramatized King James Bible it's actually pretty amazing every time I read through this uh this chapter right here I hear that dramatized version they actually have an actor sing this out and it actually it sounds pretty good when they sing it out you you don't realize when you initially hear it how much of it actually flows so poetically but then when you hear it in song form that way it's pretty amazing um so verse where am I at verse 2 the lord is my strength and song and he is become my salvation. He is my God, and I will prepare him an habitation, my father's God, and I will exalt him. So th this song is just, of course, calling into this whole account, uh, talking about the salvation that God brought them, how God delivered them. They didn't really do anything. The Lord was their salvation, is their salvation, and they're glorifying and magnifying God and letting it be known that this is the same God of the forefathers. We serve the same God. In verse 3, the Lord is a man of war. The Lord is his name. Pharaoh's chariots and his hosts hath he cast into the sea his chosen his chosen captains also are drowned in the red sea the depths have covered them they sink into the bottom as a stone here's was here's an interesting take on this and i've said this before several times people complain okay so people that view let's say they have a agnostic view of god they say, well, I don't know if God exists. Um, I don't understand. But when I see these things in the Old Testament, God is, you know, judging people and, and doing this and doing that. And I don't understand. And they make it seem as though that you can charge God foolishly for rightly casting judgment. But here's the thing about this. God is so complete in his being 
that we can't wrap our brains around this. We can't get our brains to comprehend the fact that God is holy and and entirely complete in his being, complete in judgment, complete in love, complete in mercy, complete in wrath, complete in grace, complete in truth, complete in all things at all times. So in this situation, what we see is we get a glimpse into this completeness. God is delivering the, tr- the, the, the Hebrew people, the children of Israel from a cruel and wicked oppressor and dealing with that oppressor at the same time, rendering judgment. Nobody escapes, right? The Bible says, be not deceived. God will not be mocked. Whatsoever man, whatsoever man soweth, that shall he also reap. He that soweth to the flesh shall of the flesh reap corruption. He that soweth to the spirit shall of the spirit reap life everlasting. If you think you can live how you want and you can do what you want and you will not pay for that at all, you have another thing coming. God will collect his fee. Remember that. Uh, Verse four, Pharaoh's chariots and his hosts hath he cast into the sea. His chosen captains also are drowned in the Red Sea. The depths have covered them. They sank into the bottom as a stone. The, uh, thy right hand, O Lord, is become glorious in power. Thy right hand, O Lord, hath dashed in pieces the enemy. And in greatness of thine excellency, thou hast overthrown them that rose up against thee. Thou sentest forth thy wrath, which consumed them as stubble. And with the blast of thy nostrils, the waters were gathered together. The flood stood upright as a heap and the depths were uh, were congealed in the heart of the sea. Notice that all of these things they're going over is always God. You did this. God, you did that. God, you did this. God, you did that. They're recognizing that this deliverance didn't come by their power. It didn't come by Moses. It didn't come by Aaron. It didn't come by their wisdom. It didn't come by their goodness. It didn't come because they were obedient. This deliverance was 100% God. God did it. It, it, they, They didn't do anything to earn it. They didn't do anything to warrant it. God delivered them in his mercy. And they're pointing this out time and time again. They keep going over the fact that it was God that did this and God that did that. In verse nine, the enemy said, I will pursue. I will overtake. I will divide the spoil. My lust shall be satisfied upon them. I will draw my sword. My hand shall destroy them. Here comes the enemy. What's going to happen? Well, we know what happened, but let's listen to the rest of the song. Thou didst blow with thy wind, the sea covered them. They sank as, uh, as, as lead in the mighty waters. Who is like unto thee, O Lord, among the gods? Who is like thee, glorious in holiness, fearful in praise, doing wonders? Again, in, in this song, they are exalting and I think extolling. I think that's the word. 
the completeness of God's judgment, holiness, majesty, love, judgment, mercy. And, and if I, if I had to guess when this was being pinned down, it was, it was probably, they were probably just in awe at the completeness of God. Because again, as I said before, God is so unlike us. It's hard to get your brain around that. Thou stretchest out thy right hand, the earth swallowed them. Thou in thy mercy has led forth the people. You see that? Did you you see that transition? Judgment and mercy, completeness. Thou stretchest out thy right hand and the earth swallowed them. Judgment. Thou in thy mercy has led forth the people which thou hast redeemed. Thou hast guided them in thy strength unto thy holy habitation. So they're recognizing that this is all God's doing. They did not have anything to do with what led to them leaving this captivity. This was all God's work. None of them can take credit for it. Moses can't take credit for it. Aaron can't take credit for it. The people shall hear and be afraid. Sorrow shall take hold on the inhabitants of Palestina. So all of the people around, when they hear about what God did for the children of Israel, they're going to be shook. They're going to think twice about coming at Israel sideways like, ah, we see what happened to the Egyptians and none of us can explain that. So maybe we need to just sit this one out and not play around with this God that they serve. Then the Dukes of Edom shall be amazed. The mighty men of Moab trembling shall take hold upon them. All the inhabitants of Canaan shall melt away. Fear and dread shall fall upon them. By the greatness of thine arm, they shall be as still as stone till thy people pass over, O Lord, till the people pass over, which thou hast purchased. I like these words that are that are used here. It really paints a picture that aligns this this account. Um. It aligns this account up with the redemption of the Lord Jesus Christ. And you see a lot of the similarities, which thou hast purchased. The last part of verse 16, verse 17, thou shalt bring them in and plant them in the mountain uh, of thine inheritance in the plate and in the place, O Lord, which thou hast made for thee to dwell in. In the sanctuary, O Lord, which thy hands have established, the Lord shall reign forever and ever. They are magnifying, they are glorifying God, they are exalting him, they're acknowledging that he is the one that did all of this. And so there's no piousness here. You don't you don't see any yo, we God's people and these people are heathen. No, they're like, look, God did what he did. He's exalted. He delivered us. It was by his hand. This is how he defeated the Egyptians. This is how he delivered us. We had absolutely nothing to do with it. They're in a correct position right now, humbled before God, praising and glorifying him. And this is where they should have stayed. This is where all of us should stay. Verse 19. 
For the horse of Pharaoh went in with his chariots and with his horsemen into the sea. The Lord brought again the waters of the sea upon them. But the children of Israel went on dry land in the midst of the sea. Now, this is something that when Israel gets into all of their murmurings about what they felt like should happen, about the, the fact that they thought God brought them into the wilderness just for them to be killed, they should have brought this song of praise back to mind. Like, wait a minute, wait a minute, pause. Did we forget that God delivered us by his own hand, by his own power, by no work of ours? We were delivered out of this situation. So why are we bugging? And this happens a lot. God delivers us in his own power. And then somehow we get in our minds like, I don't know what happens. Like there's this weird transition where God delivers us. We we. We get past something, we get past some hurdle. And then as soon as you get over that hurdle, it's like, yeah, I did that. You forget that. No, I didn't do anything. God brought me through that and God brought me over that hurdle. He's the one that did all the delivering. I didn't have to do anything, which makes it even sweeter. There's nothing I could do and there's nothing within my power. It's God who delivers but again, we get caught up in our pride and in our piousness sometimes. And then we get that, that we did it, that we did it attitude. I think Israel, I think Israel did that too. And I think that's probably what led to a lot of their stumblings and a lot of their problems and a lot of their murmurings. The fact that they forgot by no power of their own, by no strength of their own, when the odds was completely against them, when it looked like there was no way out, if you were an army of, of hundreds of thousands of people and you're, you're looking at a sea, there's an army of soldiers behind you that want to kill you and bring you back into captivity and you have nowhere to go. You see the ocean part. God says, go ahead, go on your walk to the other side. You walk on dry land across the sea to the other side. The waters then come down and collapse on your enemies. You got across what looked like an impossible situation and God defeated your enemies without you lifting a single finger and doing nothing. And still through all of that, you see Israel murmur and complain and moan and groan and wander around in the wilderness. And we're going to get to that. It's amazing because the amazing thing is it's not that this, this story, this account is so much different than us. The amazing thing about this, I'm going to tell you what's amazing. When I read this and I think about my own life, I see the glaring similarities and I'm like, yo, how could I be so dumb? Easy. When we, when we get away from the, the fact that God is the one that sustains us, when if you ever get to the point where you think you've done this on your own, you've sustained yourself on your own, you've made it on your own, you've arrived on your own, you know, this idea you pulled yourself up by the bootstraps. No, I did none of the above. God had mercy on me and God has delivered me. And that's how I stand before you where I am right now. Had it not been for that, who knows where I would be? Y'all know what it is. Stay frosty, people.